0: listening to the Head in the Clouds podcast, a proud member of the Converge Podcast Network. Now to the man with his head constantly in the clouds, your host, Ryan Romeo.
1: That's right, English announcer lady, this is the Head in the Clouds podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get your dream off the ground. My name is Ryan Romeo. Today is a big day. Today is day one of we, oh, well, week one of 12 weeks to take your dream off the ground. 12 weeks to getting your dream off the ground. Uh, your God-given, God-ordained dream, the thing that you feel like God has given you, that you're wired to do, getting that off the ground. We have 12 weeks together. Let's do this thing. Really, I think we need to be a family. Today, uh, I've got a guy named Connor and I've been talking the last couple of weeks. I want people like you on the podcast. I want people that are listening to the podcast that are in the middle of taking dreams off the ground that are not yet taking dreams off the ground. Um, I interview him. We're going to hear it a little bit later, but we just FaceTime called and he asked me some questions and it was awesome. It's awesome to hear what people are doing. And so that's what this 12 weeks is all about. So if you're listening and you want to be connected, make sure and jump on Instagram at Ryan Romeo. Um, Check that out. DM me. I will get back to you. And chances are you will be on this podcast and it's going to be so fun. I love it. Um, But 12 weeks to get your dream off the ground. This is week one. um, And it's kind of a big week, not just because it's the beginning of a new series, but because I'm kicking off with something else. And that's... For those of you listening, if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts or you're on, you know, uh, Spotify or whatever, you're not getting what my friends over in YouTube are getting right now, and that is video. (laughs) I am adding video content, and it was such a pain, and I was like, Lord, should I do this? Should I not? At the end of the day, I am so glad that I am. And so thank you, YouTube audience. Thank you for joining me today. It's going to be a really good day. Uh, you get to see me here in my office here in Phoenix, Arizona. i um, um, drinking a uh, lemoncello LaCroix, which is pretty nifty. Uh, you could see that I have AirPods in. Which, you know, a little, you know, behind the scenes for the Head in the Clouds podcast, I always listen to music. So, like, I have Hammock playing in my head right now. Like, I need a soundtrack for my, for my life. So, I've got, you know, AirPods in giving me a little music bed right behind this thing, which is awesome. Um, the other thing that you may have noticed, if you're, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know that the best place for me to record is in my closet. And you could tell I am not in my closet right now. I got my bookcase behind me. They're all organized by color. Those of you listening, you can't see this, but those of you seeing it, you could see my books are organized by color because I'm really weird like that. Um, And I am out of the closet. I mean, not, not in the pop culture sense, but I literally am not podcasting in my closet anymore, which feels like a big win to me. It feels a lot more spacious in here. So, YouTube audience, welcome, and if you're if you're on and you want to see this, this video content, just jump on YouTube, search Ryan Romeo, I'll put it on Instagram too, it'll be a great place for us to connect a little bit more. So, let's dive in, week one, let me get a drink of LaCroix, mmm, alright. Week one, uh, this is really, really important for me, and I think right now we're in this weird season. Some of you might be saying and feeling a little bit like me, like, Ryan, this is not the best time to be talking about taking a God-given dream off the ground. Have you watched the news? Are you seeing politics right now? Are you seeing, you know, the fights over wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? And and yes, I've seen all of that. We're in a very contentious year, uh, not only politically, but just sociologically, like we're going through some tensions right now. Um, I've been on this podcast saying, I think in some ways, I don't believe that the Lord's saying that these tensions are necessarily going to diminish in a lot of ways. But I have good news for you. This is a perfect time to dive into a God-given dream, because if God gave it to you, he knew that it would fall in this timing. He knew that you doing something would happen right at this time. Like I released the Head in the Clouds book. I released this book two weeks before we went into quarantine. And God and I had a lot of conversation about why did that happen? Why did I work for two years and then just felt like, oh, I released it into this world that was shut down and scared. And But the Lord knows what he's doing. The timing he has for you is perfect. And today I want to talk about um, about what we're going to do to lay this foundation. Because um, if you've read my book, you know, I'm, I've got this split up into three different sections. First, and this is the section we're in right now, and we're going to be in this for a few weeks the groundwork. Before you write that proposal, before you take anything off the ground, you have to lay groundwork. You have to lay foundations in your relationship with Jesus, um, in your um, identity, in, in terms of where your identity is rooted and unanchoring it to things that you shouldn't have it anchored to. Um, you need to, you need to be, be really locks, lockstep with Jesus. You need to be rock solid in your following of Jesus. And you need to know that the dreams that you're going to be circling over the next, you know, 12 weeks, that dream that you're looking at, you need to know it's from the Lord. And I've talked about that. I've got a podcast early on in here. How do I know my dream is from, from God? I encourage you go, go back, go check that out. Um, but ultimately I think I'll just give you the abridged version. If your dream is to be famous and rich, if your dream is based on somebody else's life, so you're jumping on and going, oh man, I wish my life was more like Chad Veach or Brian Johnson or whoever it is that you look up to. Um, If your dream is based on someone else's life, it's probably not from God. Now, it could be influenced by what other people are doing, but ultimately there's something in you, I really do believe, that each one of us has something that God has given us, and it's backed up with unique gifting, calling, passion, um, and uh, ability to step into the thing that God's calling you to. And I'll even take a step back. Not necessarily ability. You will probably build the ability to walk in your calling um, as you start walking into it. And that's the kind of scary thing about following Jesus, is a lot of times he calls us to something far before we're ready. But if your passions, if your purpose, if the thing that you're waking up, you know, each night about, if those are the things that you're excited about, and they, number one, they bring glory to God. Number two, they make you come alive in a way that maybe you don't feel doing anything else. If it brings life to you, that is something good. That is something from God. And then number three, is it building the kingdom? That's my abridged version of it. If you want to go listen to the podcast, I dive into it a lot deeper, but you got to be able to know the things that you're going to write down today, the things that you're going to say, okay, this is the dream that I, that I'm going to start stepping out into. You need to check it with God. You need to run it through God, run it through that filter. We're going to talk a little bit more about that too, as the weeks come along. How do you know this dream is from God? But right now, ultimately in this season, even just, just having a dream feels miraculous. And it's not unique to this season. When, when I was writing the Head in the Clouds book, um, one of the first things, it actually ended up being the, in the first chapter, one of the first things I talk about. Um, but really, I wrote it almost last. And I, you know, because of editing, we just put the the last thing I wrote in the beginning. But really, I was looking at it going, what do I want to say about dreams? Why, why is it so hard? This season, obviously, with riots and everything going on, it's a very hard season to be dreaming in, but it's not unique. Um, when I was writing this book, at the time, my daughter, May, and I call her May because her name is so short, you should say it twice. So little May May uh, was probably in kindergarten because she's in second grade now, and that's how long it takes to write a book. Uh, she was in kindergarten. She would come in to our bed all the time in the middle of the night. She'd wake up and get scared or whatever, and she'd just come lay between us. Which is sweet and lovely and wonderful, and I'm fine with it. I'm not one of those parents that's like, "Get out of here, kid." You know, it's fine. Um, but what was really hard is she would she she was super sweet. She would like lay next to me. She'd like hold my hand, and she'd go, "I love you, Daddy." And and it was super super sweet. But the crazy thing about this season, and not a lot of people know this, but I wrote a lot of this book between the hours of one a.m. and four a.m because I would naturally just kind of wake up in the middle of the night and I would start thinking about things and I'd go, okay, like this next section of the book that I'm writing, or maybe even like a situation at work or something like that. Like I'd be awake thinking. And at some point I'm like, you know what, if I'm up, I might as well just go write. So, you know, I'd get out of bed and I'd go make some tea. I'm an introvert. I need alone time. I'd make some tea. I'd sit and turn on some music, sit in the the kitchen and the thing is, in the season with May, she would be like so stuck to me that if I moved or left, it was only a matter of time before she noticed. So many times I'd go in there and I'd start writing and everything would be peaceful and nice. And all of a sudden, May would come stumbling in, her hair all wild. And she's like, Daddy, what are you doing? And, and I'm like, I'm writing, you know, Daddy's writing a book and he's got some deadlines coming up, you know. Stuff that kids do not respect or understand. So I was going, you know, why don't you come over here? So May would come like lay on my lap. I'd put a pillow down and she'd fall asleep. And I would just type for a couple hours, you know. And in that season, I was like, this is so hard. Because as we get older, the propensity for us to dream starts to go lower and lower. You know, even just physiologically, our brains start to become a little less flexible. And we start to go, well, okay, this is... A really cool idea, but you know what? I'm just going to continue to do this. And as you get older, you have to fight to keep dreams alive. You have to really fight. And some of you, you need to look back. If some of you maybe are looking at your life right now going, I don't know what dreams I have, Ryan. I honestly do not know if I even have any God-given dreams. And I would encourage you, go back to the last dream you had. Was it 10 weeks ago? Was it 10 years ago? Go back to that dream and go, okay, Lord, is that something that you want me to do? Is that something you want me to dust off? Because human beings, I talked about this in the podcast a couple weeks ago. The church is the only organization that grows under duress. When we're under persecution, when people are fighting against us, the church grows. Every other organization shuts down and crumbles because of uh, persecution, but the church grows. And I think a lot of it is because obviously there's something very anointed on the church Obviously, Jesus said we are going to go through persecution, so I think there's something anointed about that. But I also think human beings were created, we were built to conquer things that are far beyond our ability. And because it's hardwired in us to to journey with God, to do something that we're like, I can almost do that, God, but I need you to take it all the way to the top. That is the privilege. That is what's so beautiful about being human. And it's so hard because sometimes the best things come out of us when we're under pressure. And I think we were built for mission. We were built to work hard to something and see it take off. We were built to see our parents do that and honor that and love that and be excited by that. That is what we're built to do. And in the season, it's so funny. People are like, oh, COVID, you know, such a good resting season. You know, I'm sure you've heard that. I've even said that, like, oh, you know, COVID is a good rest, you know? No. Now that we're coming out of it, it's like, I don't know, if maybe I'm different than you, but I don't feel rested. And it's a different sort of tired that hits you when you're on quarantine. And yes, our pace of life slowed down, and I appreciated that, and I think some of that's good, and some of that should stick around. But at the same time... We were stagnant. Humans were not created to be stagnant. And a lot of times, you know, I deal a lot with anxiety and depression and things like that when I'm stagnant. And when I'm moving in a healthy way, you know, I'm not trying to like just workaholic, you know, get rid of all my problems, but an appropriate level of work and mission and risk makes me come alive and I go, ah. This is what I was built for. I was built to take mountains. I was built to conquer these things. You were built to take mountains. You were built to conquer the unconquerable. And if anything, if you get anything out of today's podcast, I want you to know this. You were created on purpose for a purpose, for a mission, for something that is far greater than you. And maybe you are feeling anxiety and and, and maybe you're feeling overwhelmed can I tell you maybe that overwhelming feeling is not a result of you being too busy but a result of you not taking mission a result of you not diving in to the things that God has called you to do and you know deep down that that God's calling you to it I want to read something to you now I haven't done this before and I'll probably do this during the season cuz it's just you know this is my this is my thing right now but um I'm going to read a section of my book, and this is something I think for those of you that are going, I don't even know if I have dreams anymore. I don't know if I have the energy for dreams anymore. Um, I'm going to read this to you, and let's all together just kind of like take a deep breath and remember this. This is in chapter one. I believe that deep down in their heart, every person has a childlike dream. You feel its presence deep in your bones. No matter how crazy your life gets, it whispers to you whenever you are still and quiet. It is a dream that seems beyond your reach. One that seems foolish to even say out loud, but you can't keep it quiet. It sneaks into your thoughts in the middle of the night or on your morning commute. It slips out in conversations with friends and family. It stirs within you a profound longing to live with the freedom and confidence of knowing you were made for this. And yet, we live in the tension between where we are and where we want to go. The tension between the beauty of our dreams and the starkness of our reality. The tension between the person we are now and the person that we want to become. That is where we're at. Following a God-given dream is not easy. This is not, this is not a podcast that will say, man, following your dreams is so easy and it's so good and you're going to have so much fun and, and you're going to just like take such great Instagram pictures. Like, no, 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 that's not what this is all about. Following a dream that's given by God will require sacrifice. Um, I always say when I took outcry off the ground, it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. And yet it was so amazing. And you have to know that God has called you to take ground for the kingdom. He has called you to invest what he has given you. And we're going to be talking about all these things in the coming weeks. Trust me, I'm going to be pumping you up as much as I can. Uh, God has called you. He's chosen you for this time. And he is asking you, believe in me. Trust in me. Trust that these things are from me. And know that pursuing them is going to be really hard. It's going to be painful. But it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. In Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2, it says that we are God's workmanship, that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works before the foundations of the earth, that we should walk in them. This is Ephesians 2 talking to us about the way that we're made. His workmanship. Another way of saying that is you are God's workmanship work of art. You were made to shine. You were not made to hide behind false humility. You were not made to hide behind fear. You were not made to bury God-given dreams that God gave you. You were made to step out, take steps of faith, and start moving toward a dream. That's what you were created to do. And I believe that with all my heart.
2: You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating seven million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their spheres of influence. They do this in a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring the Head in the Clouds podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture readings worship and prayer grow closer to god this year you can sign up for the first 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at first15.org subscribe start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen and now i want to take just a minute now this has been this has been really awesome but i want to hear from this guy connor again he is the very first fan of the the podcast reached out to me on instagram i'm like connor let's get this going and he's got an amazing dream about worship events in his city and growing it so take a minute check this out i called connor and we connected over uh, over facetime so um be encouraged in ble- you know bless connor by praying for him Bless him while you're listening to him uh, by maybe reaching out to him on Instagram. Let's be a family. Let's support one another. Let's learn from one another. So now my conversation with Connor. Connor, how's it going? Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, thanks so much for jumping on.
2: No, thank you for having me. It's an honor.
1: Yeah, so you are my uh, guinea pig here. Um, I I have never done this before, so this is week one in my podcast of bringing someone on Uh, that I have never met. And this is just going to be so fun. I'm really excited.
2: Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so glad to be a part of it. Your podcast has been a blessing to me.
1: Awesome. So tell me a little bit, Connor, about yourself and maybe any other dreams that you have cooking right now, some things that you're really excited about. Maybe you've started or maybe you haven't started yet.
2: Yeah. So I got a dream that I both have started and haven't started. And I'll kind of get to that. So Um, God has given me a passion for the local church, and I always saw that manifesting itself in kind of a pastoral or a church planting role. That's what I went to school for. My dad is a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor, and I've been helping, you know, in his church and his ministries for a long time. But something happened about a year and a half ago uh, when I was at the Passion Conference, and uh, I just saw how everybody was worshiping, and I was just taking it in for a moment. It hit me that nobody was worried about their denomination or the name mm. of their church. Like they were just lifting up the name of Jesus and you have thousands of yeah. people. And uh, it was just such a beautiful moment. But, but there was also something that kind of hurt my heart that this kind of thing wasn't really happening on a local level on a mm. regular basis. Yeah. So I got back home and, and I had thought about a summer camp that I led worship with where the team was just kind of mishmashed together of people from all sorts of different churches, different denominations, people I'd never met before, and it was honestly one of the best teams that I had ever worked with. And there was such unity there, and I thought, you know what, this is possible, and, and this is God's heart. And so we had our first worship night. There were about seven or eight different denominations. There, eighty people showed up, and that was like a much better start than I expected. And every month from there, once a month, we'd have it at a different church, and we'd have it with different people leading, it was just a rotation of different, uh, worship leaders. So it wasn't personality driven. It wasn't about a band. It was, and that's why we call it Pinellas. That's our County Pinellas worship Mm. collective here in Florida. Um, but then something, so that's, that's the dream that I started, but there's a part of it that hasn't really been launched yet that God's put on my heart during quarantine. Um, so we went from monthly to weekly worship nights, as soon as the pandemic hit in March and yeah. we just started having worship leaders leading from their homes every Friday. Mm. And uh, that was amazing because now what something that was just for our County, people in Africa were joining and worshiping with yeah, us. And yeah. it's like, wow, you know, but God started putting on my heart. What if we started doing this um, on basically, why, why, why are you viewing me as so small once a month? We can do yeah. better than that. And uh, and the big vision, here it is, this is what God put on my heart, and, and then I had to kind of break mm-hmm. it down a little bit, was what if there was 24-7 worship in every county in the U.S.? Wow. And um, we've seen some ministries like International House of Prayer and Upper Room jump into this 24-hour worship space. The difference that God put on my heart um, is that this would be completely manned and powered by the local church. Yeah, yeah. And so we're in the process now of kind of launching this in Pinellas County, where we're essentially, we're just going to identify seven cities in our county, uh, identify a worship leader for each county, and they're going to open up their church for a 24-hour period and fill the slots with worship leaders in their area. So let's say Monday uh, at 8 a.m. to Tuesday to 8 a.m., we have worship going in the city of Clearwater, and then Tuesday at 8 a.m., it starts over in St. Pete. Now what you're doing is you don't have the overhead cost of a facility, yeah. um, and you also are spreading the work out geographically, and you're spreading the work out when it comes to personnel, where it's it's yeah. just everybody gets a part in it. Um, That's awesome. And so I've I've realized that that was going to require a lot of my attention, and recently graduated, uh, assuming I was going to go into local church work or something, and then God started to open up some other doors. Where now I'm working full time at a restaurant. I get off at two, and then I just go after this worship thing. And it's been really, that. it's been really cool.
1: I love that, Connor. That is so cool. You know, one of the things that w- when I'm hearing you, and and I'll open it up if you have any questions for me after this. But one of the things I really do love is that you started small. That you, I mean, so many times we feel like we get these visions from God, and sometimes it's like so big that we don't do anything and you took this big vision and you started with what you had in your hands and then you started to see it grow and i love that because very few people actually do that you know and um and i'm confident as you start moving forward as you start widening out that field that you're ministering in that that growth will be a lot more natural and it will be at a pace set by god That is healthy for you to keep up on. So I just I love that about what you've got going on. Now for me, if you were to ask me anything, especially in that realm, because that's something that I've got a lot of experience in. uh, What's what's some things that you would ask me?
2: Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, one, one of the things we did was we started a leadership council of men and women from different denominations and backgrounds that if this group can agree on something, it's something we can move forward with as a yeah. whole. That way, I'm not leading by myself. And, and we kind of broken this down into phases. So like you're saying, not trying to do the whole thing at once. We're, we're taking yeah. steps towards a bigger goal. I just want to hear your initial thoughts on something like this. I came across your book Outcry, and it was while it's kind of a different avenue uh, very much the same heartbeat with just a passion for the local church and for unity yes. and, and worship being an amazing vehicle for that to happen yeah um so what are some of the challenges you could foresee uh coming out of doing something like this uh mm. and, and what are some of the ways uh, I should maybe prepare myself for that
1: yeah. So when we were doing a, talking about doing a, a, a conference at the time, I mean, it ended up turning into Outcry Tour, but we, we started talking about doing something that was like cross denominational and we're like, we just want people to come together. You know, John 17, like we know that unity is on the heart of Jesus and that the people that see us on the outside, that when the world sees the love that we have for one another, that it's going to shine a light on Jesus. So we're like, we just want to see these streams come together. Right off the bat, I started to hit people going, "That's not going to work." You know, there is no way that Bethel's going to go on tour with, uh, you know, Hillsong or whatever. And there was just seemed like there was too many big gaps, theological gaps that nobody would jump over. And there was times when I had to not listen to voices. Um, a lot of times I take feedback and I go, okay, all right, Lord, is there something in this for me? My first reaction is not defense, but it's like, hey, maybe the Lord's trying to teach me something, even through somebody who gives me really harsh feedback. But sometimes you come across some feedback that you're like, no, that's not from the Lord. That that is not um, That's not something I need to listen to. And I would say for you, you have to really hone that in. And you have to be prepared for people that are even really close to you that love Jesus that might say, oh, I don't think that's going to work, Connor, you know. Um, and you have to still love them and still go, okay, all right. But yeah. you, you don't understand the things that are stirring up in my heart. So I'm going to kind of leave that there. And some of my harshest critics critics before I went into Outcry I'm still friends with, like, I didn't throw away the relationships yeah. cause they didn't really believe in it. But, um, you just, you have to know with like unity, there's going to be a lot of people in the church that are going to say, that's not going to work. Or, you know, like the American gospel just came out and, you know, I had some good stuff in it, but there are a lot of pot shots to people that I really love, you know? And so there, there's, it's easy to cause division. It's a lot harder to bring unity in the church but you have to know that God's blessing is on that, you know, you know, in Psalms and it says, blessed is when brothers dwell in unity. Uh, that is where God commands a blessing. So there's something blessed about unity, you know. So just be prepared for those naysayers, man. You got to be able to plow through them. You got to be able to know that uh, that you are called to this thing and um, and filter the good and the bad feedback.
2: That's awesome. And if we have time for one more question. Yes. Um, Yeah, one of my uh, things I've been thinking about a lot lately, and this is where we get a little more practical with it, so God's definitely provided, um, and I've just realized this is something that I really need to focus on, and... um, even this restaurant job, the hours of it have allowed for me to be able to to focus on this in a way that I haven't ever been able to before. In fact, we have a worship night at the restaurant at night because it's more That's of a brunch awesome. place and we get to open oh, yeah, it up that. at night and just praise Jesus and make some food. Mm. It's it's amazing. But I've been one I've been hesitant to start trying to find a way to fund this to where I could focus my full-time attention on it. Um, mm. because I just keep asking myself, is there a way to get into the funding part of it without compromising the mission and the purpose. And, and how would I even approach funding something like this? I, yeah. Part of me, it feels like I shouldn't. And, but then at the same time, I know that eventually I'll probably need to. And I, so I have lots of thoughts about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I will say with, um, you know, with outcry, we had partners like world vision or compassion, people that really enabled us to take it off the ground. <clears throat> And I think a lot of times when we get into ministry, it's like, you know, we want it to stay pure and absolutely. We want it to stay pure. We don't want to like compromise to the point where like this thing looks nothing like how it started. At the same time, you have to know that relationships um, and having that heart to serve other people uh, is, is a blessing, not just in your life, your private life, but also on a bigger level. So when we would partner with world vision like, you know, the original vision of Outcry was not, hey, we're going to feed, you know, people in a third world country. But as we started going into it, we realized there was some partners that was like, you know, this is an opportunity to pour into the kingdom in another way that I was not looking at. And because of World Vision, I I was able to expand a little bit and go, OK, great. You guys are paying the bills for us in a lot of ways. To come, tell people about Jesus. Have a unity night. Like all of that is untouched. That is what we're doing. Um, But you get to bring something to the table that we weren't really thinking about. And looking back, we we saw, you know, I I think fifty to sixty thousand kids uh, that were were um, you know brought in from World Vision, and I can't even really wrap my head around that. I'm going, that's amazing. Had I been so principled that I'm like, oh, I can't change anything and I can't bring world vision in, I would have missed out on some amazing fruit, you know. At the same yeah. time, it is really tough when you start reaching out to people. You know, where I always tell everyone to start is you've got to be able to get your vision down onto one sheet of paper. On out on not on outcry, on head in the clouds, at the end, I talk about okay, you have to be able to put your vision down into a sentence. You got to get it down into like a couple of paragraphs too, in case they want a little more detail. You need to figure out how much it's going to cost, which many people in ministry are hesitant to do. You know, they're going, this thing's going to cost $100,000. Maybe I could get it done for a thousand or, you know, no, throw it out on the <laughs> table and say, this is how much I'm going to need. This is in my dream, getting this off the ground fully. This is what I'm going to need. Um, and then a realistic time frame. Most people you sit in front of that have money they, they don't have a whole lot of patience for like shooting the breeze and trying to figure it out. A lot of times you're sitting in front of them and you go, hey, this is what I want to do. This is how much it's going to cost. Here's a realistic time frame. You know, if you think you could get it done in six months, then put a year on it and go, hey, it's going to take a year for this get off, to get off the ground. Um, so be prepared to talk to people with money is your number one thing. Before you start trying to find people to talk to money about, you know, you have to be prepared to talk to them. So if you've laid it all out, you've made the vision clear, you've got everything laid out, then I would say start praying. Start, start going, okay, who in my life would want to invest in something like this? I mean, there's crowdfunding these days, which is easy and awesome. Maybe there's even people in your family that would want to in, invest or give or whatever, you know. Um, and then start working out from there and going, okay, well, maybe there's friends of friends that I could go sit, sit down and have a lunch with, you know? So, but the number one thing I would say for funding is you have to be ready. You know, if you sit in front of somebody and they go, I love your vision, how much is it going to cost? And how much is it, you know, like how much time is it going to take to get there? And you go, oh, I don't know. Then you probably lost a really great opportunity, you know? Hmm. So write it down get it on one sheet of yeah. paper business leaders call it an elevator pitch get it down into an elevator pitch mm-hmm. hold it with faith and be ready to talk to people whenever it's time to raise money
2: yeah i love what you shared about world vision cuz i never really thought about it from that perspective that there are partnerships that are going to benefit other areas of the kingdom and other ministries as well so so don't be closed-minded to that yeah so um
1: well connor uh, thank you yeah. so much man i'm i'm going to I'm going to post this on the podcast. So make sure and check it out. Um, and you guys awesome. make sure and check out Connor too. I'm going to link to him on Instagram. You could kind of follow along with what he's doing. Um, yeah, Cause we want to be a part of a family on this podcast. Anybody who's taken dreams off the ground. I want to be a support to it. I want us to, to look at each other as family and see how we can help. So Connor, thank you so much for your time today, man.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. I, I love that. It was really so fun. It's really so fun to talk to somebody that you've never met before and go, tell me about your dreams. Let's dive in. Maybe it gets weird. I don't know. I don't really care, but <laughs> I love that. And hopefully we're learning something from it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm going to link to Connor on my Instagram. So make sure and jump on there. Give him a little DM, a little shout of support for him. Um, and then if you're watching, make sure and check out Uh, The YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. If you're listening though, jump on YouTube, search Ryan Romeo, like, subscribe, do all that stuff that YouTube people say all the time. I'll try to say it, you know, as much as I can. But if you like this podcast, just like, subscribe, Um, and I'm really excited about bringing YouTube elements into what we're doing. At Ryan Romeo on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if you absolutely have to, but I am most active on Instagram. So all of you, week one. I want you, as a little bit of homework, write down that dream that you feel like God's given you. Write it down and say, okay, I'm circling this dream. This is the dream that I'm really putting my, putting my, uh, sinking my teeth into for the next 12 weeks. And maybe it'll shift, maybe it'll change, but pray over it. Circle that dream. And we will pick this up next week as we go into week two. We're going to be talking about the character of God when it comes to pursuing your dreams. Because honestly... That is something that is so, so important. So many people are like, oh, life is only about dreams. And so many people are like curmudgeons going, "Ah, give up on your dreams, kid. Life isn't about your dreams, you know. And like always, God's truth is somewhere in between. And we're going to be talking about that next week. So all of you keep your head in the clouds and your feet on the ground until next time.
3: What's up, guys? My name is Rashawn Copeland. I'm a proud member of the Converge Podcast Network. And number two, I just released a brand new book. I'm so delighted and excited to share with you a little bit about it. It's called Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, How He Loves You Through It, and How He Leads You Out of It. So don't worry how deep your mess is today. God's best is right here, right now, ready for you, right where you are. Start Where You Are, book.com, or order any where books are sold. Let's go.
0: Thanks for listening to Head in the Clouds with Ryan Romeo. For more information about this show, visit convergepodcastnetwork.com. is part of the Converge Podcast Network.